Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my new friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Firearms Friday. Firearms <clears throat> Friday. Right here on the Michael Duke Show, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska. On this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator and live around the world at MichaelDukeShow.com on the internet where you'll find everything you could possibly want to know about the show. I mean, everything. It's all there, laid out in all its glory. Go check it out. Um, hi, how are you? It's Friday, which is uh, normally our favorite day of the week. Well, I mean, it is our favorite day of the week. It's, uh, you know, I mean, not only is it the not only is it the crux of the weekend, uh, you also, of course, get a chance to sit here and talk about uh, all things Second Amendment and more so. Uh, It's uh, it's good. Warming up in Fairbanks, says Debbie. It's only 37 below now. Yeah, no, I mean it's only ten below here, uh, which is, which is a good five to ten degrees warmer than it's been. Uh, I don't know this weather. This this winter just can't decide what exactly it wants to do. It wants to uh, drown us in snow, or it wants to freeze us solid. One uh, one one way or the other. It's a it's an interesting time, that's for sure. Uh, anyway, Friday is uh, your chance to sound off uh, on issues of a Second Amendment nature. To talk about guns and gun rights, firearms news and laws, uh, and just kind of share the to share in the joy that is that most American of uh, of uh, pursuits the uh, the use and the uh, the use and the training and the uh, exercise of the right to keep and bear arms. So yeah, it's. Uh, it's good, and we're ready to go this morning. Uh, obviously, uh, I don't have any guests today. I was trying; I've been working on trying to get the get a couple guests in. Uh, I was working on uh, uh, David Codrea, and uh, anyway, some other. Anyway, nothing worked out. Dang it! You know, so it's just you and me today. It's just you and me. And, of course, there's nothing that I like better on a good Firearms Friday than to talk to you about some of the stuff that uh, you might want to talk about as well. So I have gone ahead and uh, we've got the phone lines up and running right now. So if you would like to call in this morning and uh, talk with us, here's where you do it. 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. And uh, you can call in and we'll all... We'll all just hang out, and if you want to talk about the latest gun stories or your range report or 
something you, you know that you just read about or heard and you want to share um you know i i'd love to uh, i'd love to hear you i'd love to hear from you so uh, feel free to to smile and dial and hit us at that number 907-433-3150 good enough good enough all right <clears throat> sorry i'm still a little uh, i finally got that <laughs> I broke my tooth here a while ago, and they had the temporary in, and then finally yesterday, <clears throat> I got everything put in. But I'm a little, uh, I'm a little sore this morning, so a little sore, and a little, uh, a little cranky. So I apologize, but uh, that's uh, part of what's uh, part of what's going on here. Uh, let's go through some of the stories that we're gonna cover here today, and give you kind of a. Give you kind of a tease uh, for some of the things that will be covered. Oh, by the way, uh, as usual, Willie Waffle will be joining us at the end of the broadcast today for our weekend movie reviews and streaming reviews and entertainment news. All the stuff, all the stuff that's fit to print. Uh, that'll be coming up at the end of the show. I forgot to tell you that before. All right, so let's cover uh, let's cover some of the news uh, that we've been uh, that we've been uh, uh, holding out here. So the Matsu Assembly's got a new resolution that we want to talk about, and we're going to talk about that first things first. Here, we're going to go over that. Uh, Gabby Giffords is back at it. Uh, the uh, <clears throat> the group uh, Giffords dot org uh, can't just can't help themselves when it comes to uh, you know kind of stepping in it and. Making some uh, making some comments, which I just you know I, I want to take some issue with, uh, and it has to do with armed teachers, which we're going to talk quite a bit about today, because there are quite a few states that are really starting to take this as one of the solutions to school violence, and uh, we'll uh, we'll 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 take a look at what's you know what's happening from uh, around the state and around uh, these states in general on that. We'll also take a look at the Colorado bill that would prohibit armed school staff. Not only that, it would expand, which, I mean, it just gets worse. It would expand gun-free zones across the state. And then since we're talking about gun-free zones, we'll talk about the California county that is now defying uh, the rest of the state with the new concealed carry policy, uh, one county in uh in California is like no, and uh, it, it's 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 pretty pretty good stuff. And we'll also talk a bit about what's going on with Lake City uh, Armory, Lake City, uh, and the ammunition that they sell. Uh, there's been a couple of big. Uh, there was a New York Times uh, piece out talking about the Lake City Army Ammunition Plant and how they are just uh, incensed, incensed. I tell you. That not only would we have weapons of war on the street, that we would have military-grade ammunition being sold directly to the public. How dare we? To which I've got, I mean, I have some commentary on that that, you know, basically starts with shut your pie hole. That's It's where it starts. And it goes downhill from there. So we'll talk about that here. As well. Uh, also, <clears throat> there is a bill that I don't know if you've uh, I don't know if you've heard of yet, 
And quite honestly, I kind of missed the boat on this one until uh, earlier this week. And I don't know how I missed it, but, you know, life happens, I guess. The Preventing Private Paramilitary Activity Act, the PPPAA, which is what? The Preventing Private Paramilitary Activity Act. Uh, I have some concerns here. I have some deep concerns, and we're going to talk about that as we go through here. This is the anti-militia bill. That's what they're that's what they're phrasing it as the anti-militia bill. And uh, I mean, as bad as that sounds, it's probably worse than what you think. Because um, of the, well, unintended consequences, unwritten ramifications, what I mean, I don't know what you want to put in there, but there's a bunch of uh, problems with this. Uh, including uh, the fact that they are going into the, I mean, part, part, part of it comes back to the fact that they don't like the fact, they being the framers of this bill, the anti-gun crowd, they don't like the fact that training amongst American civilians with firearms has become so prevalent. I mean, I just know that they just hate that. And so some of the verbiage in this piece um, very well could undo a lot of the benefits and freedoms that we've seen over the last 10 or 15 years, these increases in private training facilities, you know, combat courses, front sight, gun sight, you know, uh, 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 you know, point blank here. I mean. All these different companies that have come, you know, been created to help firearms, you know, give firearms training to able-bodied citizens who want to come out and learn, that potentially could be under fire here. And while they scream about people being safer on the one hand and how only people who are safely trained should be able to have firearms... The fact that, on the other hand, they're then taking a crack at that same training and trying to prohibit Americans from being able to have access to it, well, that's troubling in the extreme. Let me just put it that way. That's troubling in the extreme. So we're going to talk, uh, we'll talk through this bill, um, which is, uh, again, uh, it, it's just in the planning phases. I mean, it's just it's just going, you know, it's just starting now. Um, but uh, this new bill in the House is uh, is quite the uh, is quite the piece of legislation. And we're probably going to dedicate a whole uh, we'll probably dedicate a whole segment to it here as we get into hour two. But I wanted to give you the, the heads up on it. And finally, uh, the safe storage talk from the White House. Which I just I've got to laugh hysterically. It's like they feel like they're reinventing the wheel and they want to pat themselves on the back about how the White House is now going to talk about safe storage and how that's going to help and what exactly they're going to do on that as well. I mean, and I suppose we could just start right here because that's this is the thing. Safe storage laws. They're not safe storage laws. They're mandatory storage laws. Meaning you will be mandated, you know, safe storage would be suggestions. But anytime you put the law in the end of it, it's basically mandating that you do a certain thing. Right. Um, So we're not talking about legislation, but they're 
they're they're you know they're kind of moving in that direction. There's always something, right? But the problem here is that nothing even remotely useful is being discussed on this. The Biden administration on Thursday, uh, according to the messenger, uh, announced new gun safety executive actions focused on promoting safer gun storage in what it calls an effort to reduce gun violence. Quote, while safe storage is an important factor in curtailing deaths and injuries among children, the Biden-Harris administration, through the American Rescue Plan, the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act, and other grant programs, has also provided unprecedented funding to establish safe, healthy, and supportive learning opportunities and environments to... Have you ever heard a just there are more words in there than ever that anyone ever needs for. They have also provided an unprecedented funding to establish safe and healthy and supportive learning opportunities and environments to increase access to school based mental health services and to strengthen the pipeline of mental health professionals in high-need communities, the administration said in a statement, which I think is a good thing. I mean, but, you know, all kidding aside and all, all complaining aside about the verbiage that they're using, that's a good thing to increase school-based mental health services to strengthen that pipeline. That's part of our problem. But the uh, in order to combat the issues, the Biden administration has announced three new actions to promote safe, uh, safe storage. The Department of Ed, which, why is it their job? The Department of Education will pen letters to school principals, encouraging them to share the importance of safe firearm storage with parents and guardians, as well as a communication template for how principals can discuss preventative action and safe storage with family members. Lastly, the Department of Justice will create a comprehensive guide for safer firearm storage. Okay, so a principal is going to send, you know, the school is going to send home a, a piece of paper, the communications template. You know, they're going to send home a piece of paper encouraging parents to safe store their firearms. Okay, great. It's one more one more flyer from the school that you will look at and you'll either go, yeah, I do need to do that. Or you'll just throw it away. But I'm pretty sure that if uh, the principal shows up and started talking to a family member about how they needed to uh, safely secure their guns on a one-on-one basis, I'm pretty sure that's going to blow up in somebody's face. I'm pretty sure that they'll tell him, you know, somebody's going to tell him to go to hell, right? I mean, and then finally, the DOJ is going to create a comprehensive guide to safer firearm storage. I mean, this is going to take a study, and then it's going to take a working group, and then it's going to take all the... Hey, has anybody noticed that both the uh, NRA and the NSSFF, NSS, NSSF, sorry, the National Shooting Sports Foundation, the Gun Owners of America, the Firearms Policy Coalition... The Second Amendment Foundation, they all have guides out that are safe storage that don't require a working group and to spend a bunch of money. Maybe they should just pass those out. Oh, no, those are gun. Those are advocacy groups who couldn't do that, couldn't possibly do that. And, and this, but this is 
this is what they're going to do. This is the, this is the, the what chip, 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 you know, inch by inch, everything's a cinch. They're going to talk about it and they're going to put it in through the schools and you're going to like it one way or the other. Um, I mean, especially the DOJ, especially this DOJ, they're going to create a safe storage plan that makes sense. I don't think so. All right, uh, we got to go. We're going to be back here in just a moment. Take some phone calls if you guys want to call in. And we will return. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Happy Firearms Friday. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. (laughs) Brian's like, is that safe? I don't know if you want to have sex with you. I'm not here to judge you, Brian. If you want to have sex, you know, whatever you want to do, man, I'm not here to judge. However you identify, however you identify, man, that's what it is. Um, word salad. It is such a word salad. I mean, you read this thing and you're like, what, uh, what, what? Through the American Rescue Plan, the Bipartisan Safer Communities Acts, and other grant programs, has the the administration has also provided unprecedented funding to establish safe, healthy, and supportive learning opportunities and environments to increase access to school. Establish safe, healthy, and supportive learning opportunities. What? I mean... It's like they have to it's like they have to include specific words in the thing to get it past their their the you know to get the nod on it. Oh, we have to we have to do supportive. We have to use the word supportive and we got to make sure that we're showing that we're establishing a safe space and it's got to be healthy and it's got you know it, it we've got to get you know, I mean it's I mean, if I wrote something like that as a piece of ad copy for a commercial, well, people just switch the channel is what would happen when they heard that commercial come on. Because they'd be like, I got no idea what you're talking about. Um, Amosexual. That's how Brian, he identifies as an amosexual. So he has. I'm not even going to go there, Brian. Not even going to go there. Um, yeah. Teresa, we're talking about Lake City. That's what you're talking about is uh, Lake City uh, ammo. Uh, we're going to talk about that. Uh, yeah, Brian, or excuse me, Greg wants a, he says he's looking for a grant from the government. He wants a grant for a 24 by 24 foot safe room. That's what they need. You want to talk about safe storage? Yeah. 
That's what it's all about. The political class, says Kyle, doesn't want an, a trained, armed American population. Yeah, I mean, I'm you, you're kind of getting that feeling, huh? Kind of getting that feeling. Um. So they want to help us and buy more safes. All right. Um, going, going, going through here, here. I'm still, I'm still scrolling backwards. Um, okay. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Three degrees in Seldovia. Ooh, you got the heat wave going on. Chris is actually above zero. Um, Colorado's a special kind of stupid, aren't they? Oh man. I gotta tell you. Yeah. Uh, the you can't train bill is what Brian is saying. Yeah, that's what it, it's that's what it's getting down to. The you can't train bill, uh, and it's a little the spooky. I I mean it's a little spooky. Um, outlawed thoughts over on YouTube said safe storage when I was growing up, uh, growing up in Big Lake just meant loaded and available. Yeah, and out of reach of small children. You put it up a little higher than they could get to, and away you go. After you taught them what it was all about. I mean. Okay, uh, where are we at? Uh, we are close. Uh, we're close to returning here. So, like, subscribe, ring the bell. Nine people have liked it. What? What did I do? What did I ever do to you, man? There's 30 people here. What did I ever do to you guys? Only nine of you liked the show. I'm feeling... I feel bad, man. I'm just going to go sulk over here in the corner. I'm just going to go sulk until you guys like the show. <laughs> I mean, you know. Okay. Here we go. What the hell is an assault weapon? You know, if we could just figure out how to get all of the murder guns and the attack guns and not keep selling those to people and just sell protection guns, I think that would be great and solve a lot of problems. Does this mean that if we hurt your feelings, you'd consider the Michael Dukes show assault radio? <laughs> okay, we can live with that. Here's Michael Dukes. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's the thing. We just got to find those pesky murder guns and get rid of those kind of guns, you know? The other ones, they're just fine. Just fine. All right, uh, let's uh, let's get started here with the latest uh, here in the state of Alaska. There's not, you know, we don't often get firearms news in the state of Alaska, um, but uh, we should, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's good that we do. Um, a new Matsu Borough Assembly resolution urges residents to own firearms and ammunition to compensate for limited local law enforcement in Alaska's fastest growing region. Now, we've been talking about this in rural Alaska in places that are out of, you know, I mean, I live I live out in the Matsu 
I live in the Mattu borough, right? But I am 12, 14 miles from town uh, and what you would consider to be a town center. Um, and, uh, you know, that is spread out. The Matsu is huge. I mean, the, the, the contiguous, what did they said they compared it to one of the States. And I was like, really? Um, I mean, the, the borough is the, is the size of a state in the lower 48, right? It's huge. And, uh, so they've got troopers spread thin everywhere, but I mean, even out here in the, you know, where I live, it's, it's. It's a long time. You call, you call the troopers, you call it, you you can expect it's going to take a while for them to get there. This is what we talked about in the past when we talked about, you know, taking responsibility for your own safety, security, well-being, defense, whatever you want to call it. Now, this is a resolution which doesn't have the power of law, but it does reflect the ongoing discussion in the uh, in the area about the lack of uh, local troopers or police policing uh, in the area, uh, Amy Bouchatz over at the ADN is writing about this, and I'm working off of her article here to give you some of the details. Uh, it uh, it it goes back to the discussion about the troopers who have been struggling with continuing staffing issues that have left the local trooper detachment in the Matsu with roughly 20% of the positions unfilled. Now, there are most areas in the state you're seeing a lot of, you know, residential decline, population decline, but not in the Matsu. They have gone up over the same, um, you know, as Anchorage was losing residents over the last nine or 10 years, the Matsu has gained almost 20 uh, what, 23,000 residents from 2010 to 2022? I mean, I'm one of them. I, I'm the, I showed up here in 2014. This place is pretty cool, right? But that means that they have had this huge bump in growth that they just can't keep up with for many, you know, in many ways. And part of the problem is the fact that there is a dearth of troopers or law enforcement in the uh, in the area. Now, the borough provides emergency management and other, you know, some emergency services, but they do not have, um, they're not a first-class borough. They don't have policing powers. So the city or the, the assembly would have to, or the citizens would have to vote in, um, um, would have to vote in uh, policing powers. And, um, a study in 2019 found that operating a borough police force would cost an additional $14 million annually. It's a significant increase, right? So that we've just been dependent on the troopers. Um, and uh, so the resolution uh, also asked firearm owners to learn about safe weapon use and maintenance it does not define who is an eligible resident. It does not define an, any unforced. It's not. It's a resolution. It's not a ordinance or anything else. It's basically a politely worded suggestion. Um, you need to be able to have the right to stand up for yourself and take care of your family and protect while you wait for, you know, officialdom to show up at your doorstep. 
The state troopers who operate from uh, Palmer and west of Wasilla in Meadow Lakes have been uh, have been struggling. Uh, budget cuts in 2015 closed a third outpost near Talkeetna, and they've been having ongoing recruitment and retention challenges that have left them short-staffed. As of early December last month, 14 of the 67 commissioned officers' uh, positions covering Matsu and South Central sat unfilled with a total of 51 of 306 commission positions unfilled statewide. So they've got a they've got a pretty significant empty nest going on there. Um but you know it 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 does create a safety hazard. Um according to uh uh, uh Bernier what's uh, I'm sorry I've forgotten his name. Uh Ron Bernier who is the borough assemblyman who proposed this. He said um he said, I've got people out at Trapper Creek that can wait an hour and a half to two hours before they see a trooper. I think it's just a good idea to deter criminals, and you are responsible for the safety of yourself. You're the first responder on the scene. And that's true. I mean, that that is exactly true. Of course, even though it's not a law and it's just a resolution and it was just a suggestion, there were people who spoke out against it. That some of them said it would add to lawlessness. I mean, this is Alaska, right? I mean, where we've had, you know, constitutional concealed carry for God knows how long. And there, I mean, and, and again, this is not a law. This is just them suggesting that, uh, that, uh, that they aren't themselves. But multiple people spoke against the law. And they quote one in the paper here, DJ McBride. From Caswell Lake, who spoke in the meeting and said, seriously, what is the point of this? This leads down the road to vigilantism and allows people to think they can take the law into their own hands rather than call the troopers. But that's not what I mean, that's not what it's that's not what it says. That's not what it's about. They're not saying that you could just take the law into your own Man, some people are stupid, right? I mean, just that is the dumbest argument I've ever heard. They they point out the fact that it takes a while and you may have to be able to defend yourself while you're waiting for law enforcement to show up. They never said, don't call the police and take the law into your own hands. And again, it's not a law. It's a resolution. Dumb, dumb, doomed, we're doomed. I mean, wow. Yeah, I mean, just, just freaking wow. That's going to be, that's going to be crazy. And Brian, Brian makes a, Brian makes an interesting point. He says, it's just going to get worse as Anchorage spirals out of control more people are going to bail and end up in the Matsu. That's, I mean, probably. I mean, there's a, the the two last bastions of uh, of kind of, con, you know, conservative, you know, what I would think of as kind of a leave me alone, get off my lawn mentality seems to be in the Matsu and in the Kenai. Anchorage and Fairbanks and, I mean, you know, these places are all getting, I mean, yeah. I don't know, man. 
but dang, but dang, we're just going to take the law into our own hands. That's what, this has nothing to do with that. So again, my hat, my hat's off to, uh, my hat's off to, uh, Ron Bernier who, uh, who put, who put forward this, uh, this, uh, resolution and, uh, it passed and, uh, now we all know about it. I mean, that's effectively, it's over now that they voted on the resolution. That's its total effect is that they made a statement of intent from the borough assembly that people should make sure that they're armed and they encourage them to get the proper training. You'd think that people would be happy about this stuff, but no, no. I just, I just want to know how some of these people would. Do you think some of these people would have made it in the in the in the frontier times in the Wild West, in the westward expansion? Do you think these people would have made it? I'm. I'm just asking for a friend. I mean, do you think that they would have? I don't know. I just don't know. All right, uh, we're coming up on the break, but I do have one line on hold, so let's go over there real quick and see who it is and what they want to talk about. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is G-Man calling from Fairbanks. Hello, my friend. What's on your mind today? So the people that are worried about arming themselves and uh, trying to protect their property and their life are going to be in a big surprise because um, per capita, the state of Alaska has uh, more illegal aliens than the other 49. And just two days ago, Fairbanks, uh, two more plane loads flew in. So uh, this is a big problem, and nobody knows who they are, what their character qualities are. So we're going to be, um, you know... A lot of stuff is happening. I'd like to see you uh, ask your uh, legislators that come on what what they're doing about uh, housing these people and um, what's going to happen if they, they start committing crimes. Well, I mean, which uh, I'm, well, I'd like off the air. I, well, wait, G man. I mean, I want you to cite your source here on where you're saying these people are just being flown in by who and where and where yeah. did you get this info? Um, there is a, uh, organization that takes care of, um, watching these flights and where they're going. A friend of mine just told me about it. I haven't investigated it yet. Um, I do know that, um, they are in the hotels for the last two summers. They're, they're, I don't know who's paying for the hotel bill. I think the feds are. But the hotels are half full of, um, I'm going to call them illegals because they haven't entered legally. So, well, I mean, I'd I like, will get that information. Yeah get, me the, to you yeah, yeah, get me the information so that we have a little bit of a, you know, not, it's not just he said, she said, or my friend told me. I'd like to know more about it and then I can look deeper into it. I, I appreciate that. So, thank you for, uh, thank you for sounding off and give me that info and we'll uh, talk about it later. Thank you. All right, we're up against the break. We got to go. The Michael Duke Show continues with uh, Firearms Friday. Your time to shine and shout and sound off. 907-433-3150. 
907-433-3150. Back with more right after this. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these uh, entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. All right. Um... I'm going I'm going back up here. Uh there's one born every minute. Um all right, I accidentally left that up. We are doomed. All right. Uh ba 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 ba. Dad sure liked the Kenai better than the Ketchikan, better because of the climate. Oh yeah, okay. Um I'm I'm still scrolling through some of these comments here. Hold on a second here. Two two loads of airplanes. How do I find out about this? Says Jennifer, and that was exactly why I asked the question. Where where are you getting where are you getting the information on that? I want to, you know, I mean, I just I just want some back. I just want some, you know, cite your sources kind of thing. Um. Okay, so Teresa says, sounds realistic. All right, monkey works watching aircraft. Greg says, winter tourists, question mark? I mean, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I want to know what's going on. Um... Gary says, I do not believe the illegals are in Fairbanks and Mass. We would hear all about this in town. I mean, I, I agree. Fairbanks is a pretty small town if, you know, you'd hear about that. Um, uh, we have, uh, we have, uh, what's this? We have Mexican men thinning trees here and they're very hard workers. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, they're very hard workers. I think the only time they ain't is when the population shuns them and then won't let them earn a living. Even you would steal to feed your crying child. However, miss these guys' family are down south as they are living in tents in the summer. Uh, okay. I mean, I don't know. Fairbanks is not a good place to be homeless. No, Fairbanks is not a good place to be homeless. That would be like the least best place to be homeless. In the whole country. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. I'm all caught up here. I'm all caught up. Uh, yeah. Like the Northern Lights thing for the Japanese. Yeah. They're doing the Japanese do a ton of winter tourism for Aurora touring. That's what they do. That's what they do. Okay. Oh, little still a little grumpy still still a little sore still a little grumpy still a little tired ready to go 
what else? What a story. Oh, I got that. Okay, that story's done. What else did I need to talk about here? Uh, oh, the school bills. The school, excuse me, while I talk about this one. We're going to talk about that. And the anti-militia bill. All right, we got a lot to talk about, don't we? We got a lot to talk about. I'm going to kill that one, and I think we're ready. Okay. Mm. You guys are awfully quiet this morning. What's up with you? What's going on? Talk amongst yourselves. Uh, no copulation law. Under lice and less of... What? Like... <laughs> what? The... I'm sorry. I'm just reading this comment and I'm like, well, uh, I don't even know. And he, he made another comment too. Jim on, Jim on YouTube has made a couple comments here. A hundred thousand more people on earth every day. That's where they are from. When I, I guess it was because I was asking where these people are from. And then he says, no copulation law under lice unless a resident. I don't know what. I don't know. Okay, well, <clears throat> that's enough of the internet for today. Uh, all right, we're going to uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna jump into this and uh, continue on here. Uh, it is Firearms Friday. I just want to point that out to you. It's not Immigration Tuesday. It's uh, you know. Um. So there you go. Oh, he's just under the Northern Lights. Don't don't know. You wanted to make it against the law to have intercourse under the Northern Lights unless you're a resident? Oof. I, that's what he just, he just said, under the Northern Lights. Which. which <laughs> oh, my God. I don't have the patience for this. Okay. Uh, we're going to go back. We're going to talk about something else. Absolutely talk about something else. Uh, the, the Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Um, I mean, uh, I'm... Wow. Okay, uh, welcome back to the program. I'm sorry, I'm just trying to work my... I'm trying to do some of the mental gymnastics uh, reading through some of the comments in the chat room uh, this morning. It's been a little bit of a wild morning. Let's just put it that way. But let's move on to some of the other stories that we've got uh, uh, crop uh, cropulating up around here. <laughs> sorry. Uh, all right, so, uh, you know... We've heard a lot about arming the schools, right? I mean, even here in the state of Alaska, uh, Senate Bill 173, I think. Senate Bill 173 is working its way through the process. 
And that would allow uh, 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 teachers who uh, have, you know, have the ability to conceal carry to be able to carry in school, to be able to protect the schools, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Which, I mean, I think is a, I mean, yeah, why not? I mean, we put armed guards in, we put armed guards in banks and hotels and other places where we want to protect people, but we couldn't put them in schools because, oh, well, they're not guards, they're teachers. Well, but yeah, but you're... you're requiring them to have a training course, like an active shooter training course and everything. Uh, but they're just, uh, they're just and Giffords cannot help but open their pie hole and move forward on this. They can just they just they just can't seem to not talk about it. Giffords.org. Um, Iowa is now looking to arm teachers. Arming teachers is already a thing in a number of states, including Utah, which has had armed school staff for quite a while now without any problems whatsoever. However, groups like the Giffords cannot fathom the possibility. I just can't fathom it. The possibility that anyone could carry a gun anywhere. They, you know, and of course, but they, it's like, oh, but we support the Second Amendment, but... Remember, every time you hear the word but, everything ahead of that was complete and total BS, right? I mean, complete and total, sorry, complete and total bull. You know, oh, we support the, uh, we support the, the Second Amendment, but. That was just BS. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Okay. Um, so anyway, Giffords took to X and, uh, they took a little bit of this issue with this whole thing about Iowa wanting to arm its teachers. <clears throat> they got the clipping of the top, you know, Iowa schools starts arming its teachers and the Giffords organization says, can we please just let teachers teach? Trained police officers fail to strike an intended target over 50% of the time. Why do we think arming teachers will result in anything but tragedy? Okay, so let me bust this down for you for a minute. <clears throat> I just, I'm, um, I'm agitated now. Um, can't we just let teachers teach? Okay, what's preventing the teachers from teaching? And maybe we should ask the teachers... You want to teach, but if an active shooter event is happening, wouldn't you like to be able to defend yourselves and your students with more than just piled up desk chairs? What's preventing them from teaching? What's I mean, there, there's nothing mandatory about any of this. This would all be volunteer. Only people who wanted to participate in the program would participate. Then they get into the whole thing where they start talking about trained police officers fail to strike an intended target over 50% of the time. Well, that's a real problem that maybe we need to look at the training of our police officers. By the way, the training that many of these states require for teachers to be able to carry concealed is actually more specialized than what the average police officer gets in some of these areas. I mean, that that the, they're dealing with situations and especially some of the active shooter drills and some of the shooter trainings 
I mean, some of these, some police departments don't have a great training program, folks. So, yeah, I mean, if they're missing, you know, if they're missing 50% of the time, that's a problem. But they've got a pretty strict training requirement for any teacher that wants to participate in this. So they would actually, I think, be better than that. But most of all, why wouldn't you want people to, and, and <laughs> you're automatically assuming that the, the, the school is going to be attacked in this comment. Trained police, police officers fail to. So first they said, couldn't you let the teachers just teach? So don't give them guns. Then they go on to say, trained police officers fail to strike an intended target over 50% of the time. But these are the people that you're calling when the schools get attacked that show up however many minutes later and stand around outside for however many minutes they stand around outside while the shooter is in the school building doing his dastardly business. But then you're like, these are the guys we need to call in and they miss 50% of the time. What is Check your argument. Why do we think arming teachers will result in anything but tragedy? What you're advocating is going to end in tragedy. Uvalde, Parkland. What you're advocating is ending in tragedy already. I mean, this... <laughs> wow. Um, all in all... When you look at these gun-free zones, especially in schools, and then there's this emotional, there's this emotional, uh, you know, outcry about, well, there are children and we shouldn't have guns around our children, but you will walk, you know, walk your children right up to a police officer and say, you know, congratulations or, uh, you know, thank you for your service or whatever, but because somebody doesn't have the governmental stamp of approval. To have a gun, you're 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 all rung up or you're all terrified or what you know, I think most people in this state especially would be surprised as to how many people are carrying guns around them all the time. I really do. I think people would be shocked to figure out how many people around them are actually armed at all times. And it doesn't, it does just, it just doesn't, it just doesn't even matter. But this right here, that somehow pulling up the statistic that trained police officers fail to strike an intended target over 50% of the time is somehow reassuring that those are the people that you need to call in the event of a tragedy like that. Of course, the implication is that you as a, as a private citizen or you as a teacher or you as a, you couldn't possibly get up to the, you know, to the training proficiency level of a trained police officer, which we know is untrue. We know that once the quals are done for a lot of police officers, they do very little, I mean, very little shooting. There are tons of people out there that are much better shooters than your average police officer. We know that. But <clears throat> this is it right here. This is it. Um, we want to talk about Colorado schools as well, but I got one more call, and I've I've got just over a minute. Let's see who it is. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. This is Ron in North Pole. Okay, Ron. And just to 
just to throw in a little statistical or uh, mathematical uh, aspect to it, a lot of those police officer misses are contingent upon uh, super litigious departments that uh, place requirements on the uh, trigger capabilities of the guns over what is issued from the factory. Uh, I give you the New York trigger and transfer bar particularly. Um, I, well, I, you know what? I need to talk about this with you during the break because I, I, I want you to explain that to me and slow talk to me like I'm five. So hold the line for a second, Ron, and we'll get back to that here. The Michael Luke Show continues. Uh, we got more coming up. Hour two, dead ahead. Willie Waffle and more. The Michael Luke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. It's Firearms Friday. We'll be back with more right after this. Okay, let me go back to Ron real quick because I, I... Maybe it's the maybe it's my toothache. I don't know, but I'm was having a hard time wrapping my brain about around what he was saying. So, Ron, you're saying part of this fifty percent miss has to do with the litigious nature of of who? I mean, what? Explain this to me. I'm sorry. Again, talk to me like I'm five uh, here uh, and explain various, it. Various po- various police departments because they're so afraid of legal action or uh, shooting bystanders or whatever have you. And I used the wrong word. I said transfer bar. I mean uh, connector, such as uh, the New York uh, Glock trigger. Oh, because of this, because of this, out about twelve pounds. Right, the safety, the safety, the safety triggers. What you're talking about, the thing. So you're saying that that has to do with the fact that they made the trigger pull harder, and it makes it less accurate. Is that what you're trying to say? Well, I think that we uh, can pretty much agree that uh, to a certain extent uh, that, it, you know, uh, when you get below a certain poundage, I think uh, generally speaking, most people consider the four to five pound range to be reasonable. And we have uh, 10 to 12 pound uh, trigger releases on uh, many departments guns these days. Right. So they're jerking it. And that's one of the reasons why they're I mean, is it it's attempted to make it negligent discharges go away. But now they've made it harder because you've got to squeeze. Hard. I, mean, I don't know. I think you'd have to have a lot of time in on, yeah, well, a, on a pistol you're, you're, like that. You're you're exactly right. That's that's the whole thing behind it, uh, making it more difficult for the police to uh, be accurate and place their shots correctly. Which doesn't make any sense um, if you're trying to avoid friendly fire or, you know, or misses. That wouldn't, that, you know, especially if somebody trains a lot with, you know, another firearm and then they go to their service weapon and it's completely different. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I saw some of the statistics a few years ago about the number of, of uh, you know, rounds that law enforcement would put down range in a given year. And usually it was just enough to qualify for, you know, for their their annual qualifications or whatever. And then they would, uh, you know, then they would, they, that would be it. Uh, I mean, if you want to be accurate, don't you have to be, and, and you're carrying a gun every day, wouldn't you want to be on the range quite frequently, you know, once a month or something to make sure that you're up to snuff? I, I don't know. I would if I was if I was going forth in that regard to, uh, to well, spearhead humanity. Well, and you get into a situation there, as you, you were just mentioning, uh, the uh, lack of qualification time. And, of course, qualifications 
require ammunition, which uh, requires money. Well, that's true. I mean, that is true. There's uh, definitely definitely a cost involved in that, and maybe the maybe the the uh, department doesn't provide that. But again, the whole point of of Gifford's whole thing there was that somehow she was going to hold up the hold up the 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 fact that fifty percent of the shots by police were missed. So teachers shouldn't so teachers shouldn't have guns. They should just wait for those same police that miss fifty percent of the time to show up. I mean, it's just the most ridiculous argument you've ever heard. Well, and then you make a, an excellent point there at the end of the shift when the uh, officer hangs up his duty belt with his pistol. Uh, he's done with it for the day, and that's right. uh, you know, like like you were saying, uh, most officers are not gun people. Yeah, no, at the end of the day, they hang it up. They're not carrying it around with them, you know, generally speaking, on the weekend or what, you know, yeah. If you've decided to go forth armed and be a be a good citizen and be responsible for your own safety, you'll carry it with you all the time. That's just the way it is. You're not just hanging it up because it's part of your job, and uh, that's uh, that's a big issue. All right, I'll, I'll let you get back to the radio, and uh, you have a great day, Michael. Hey, thanks, and, uh, Ron. Up here, I'm going to try to stay warm. It's 38 below in North Pole. Oh, man, I'm so <laughs> glad I'm not there. I mean, it's 10 below here, and it's, oh, no, actually, it's dropped four <laughs> degrees. It's 14 below here, but it's, uh, anyway, appreciate it. Thanks, Ron. Have a good day. <laughs> I got a heat. Well, enjoy. Yeah, I got, a, I got a heat wave down here. He's he's suffering the, the big doggy stuff over there. Uh, all right, let's see. Uh, what else we got? Um, SB 173. Yep. Okay. Giffords, the big blue dog, make them teachers earn their salary, at least the ones that want to. Uh, how about teachers be allowed to teach gun safety? Said Greg. Oh man, that would be, yeah, it would be big. Um, Go to point blank and train in the simulator. It's awesome scenarios. There are some awesome scenarios in those simulators. Man, been a while since I've done that, actually. Um, don't ask, don't tell. Just carry. Nobody will be the wiser unless the unthinkable happens. I mean, that's kind of where a lot of us are these days. Um, uh, uh, the only place I do not carry my concealed weapons are those few detectors I would be required to go through. Yes. Yes, that's exactly it. Time spent on the range is spent in classes on identifying gender without offending. <laughs> At least they've got their priorities straight. Brian, don't worry about it. It'll be You will all be safe. It'll be fine. Fine, fine. Just fine. Don't worry about it. It'll be okay. Okay. Let's uh, let's get back to this here. Hour two. We're going to talk about this Colorado bill in a minute, and then we're going to get into that anti-militia bill. Here we go, the Michael Duke Show.
ready. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns. One for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Where's my rifle? Where's my gun? This is for Biden. This is for Firearms Friday. Firearms Friday. Your chance to sound off on issues of a two-way nature. Right here on the Michael Duke Show, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on uh, this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator and around the world at MichaelDukeShow.com on the Internet. That's how we started off and we're ready to go. Hour two of the big radio show today. We'll be finishing up today's show with Willie Waffle, who will be joining us in uh, about 35 minutes or so. For the weekend movie review and the entertainment report, we got to get all into that. But in the meanwhile, we're going to talk about firearms. We're going to talk about guns. Uh, Ron's comment from the end of the last hour, uh, because we're running out of time, I asked him to kind of hold over. And uh, he explained to me that in some, um, in some jurisdictions, some police departments, because they're afraid of being sued by, um, you know, bystanders or somebody else because they're afraid of the litigious nature of society, they have instructed the armorers in their police departments to increase the uh, pressure requirements for their, like, for example, their Glock pistols for their safeties and increasing it up to 12, uh, 11 or 12 pounds of pressure to be able to actually operate the firearm and the trigger, where most of the times, you know, four, five pounds is fine. Uh, three pounds, three and a half, depending on what you know pistol you're using, and that's what he was trying to explain to me uh, in that regard. So I just wanted to, I didn't want to leave you guys hanging on that, uh, uh, you know, on that out there as we go through. Uh, we got a couple stories to cover here in the next couple segments, uh, and I want to. We just finished uh, talking about the uh, the weird take from the Giffords organization about the Iowa schools wanting to arm its teachers. I think it's time, quite honestly. I mean, if we put armed people in banks and hotels and uh, business parks and secure, you know, if we, if we, for all the things that we want to protect and we don't do that for our children, we have got a problem. That's what I'm saying right now. We have got a problem. But Colorado, God, as much as you love how beautiful that state is and what, you know, they, those people, have lost their minds. They're going in exactly the opposite direction of a whole bunch of other states right now. Colorado Democrats are trying to end the ability of the school districts to vet and train volunteer staffers who are willing and ready to serve as first-line defenders in the case of an attack on a campus somewhere. That's the policy uh, in place in dozens of schools around the state already. 
They're, I mean, they, it's actually in place right now that uh, they are vetting and training volunteers who just, again, who are volunteering. They just want to do it themselves. Uh, that prohibition is just one part of a bill being drafted that would also create a number of new gun-free zones in the state, including the repealing of the state's campus carry law for the university that has been in place for more than a decade. They've allowed concealed carry on the campuses for, and now they're going to try and reverse it. In addition to that, man, these guys in Colorado, I just don't understand. In addition to that, they want to change. Um, they want to change more. Uh, they want to uh, add and bar concealed carry from more locations, including public playgrounds and parks, recreational community centers public property where a public gathering or assembly is taking place, healthcare facilities, banks and other institutions, houses of worship, stadiums, amusement parks, aquariums, zoos, museums, water parks, carnivals, fairs, courthouses, any property owned or leased by local government, public libraries, daycares, preschools, public primary, uh, and private universities and colleges, or 100 feet of a polling location or drop box. I mean, what? Isn't this just what the Supreme Court has been striking down left and right and talking about that you can't create this patchwork of, oh, no, 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 no. What? The legislation would also explicitly repeal current state law allowing a concealed carry holder to have their gun with them when they drop off or pick up their kids from school so long as the handgun remains in their vehicle. So if you were a concealed carry holder and you wanted to go pick up your kid from school, as long as you remained in your vehicle or your firearm remained in your vehicle, you could pull up and have them come out and get in the car and you could drive on. Nope, that's not how it's going to work anymore. They also said that the the Colorado law that permits a concealed carry holder to serve as a school security officer which is a policy that many of the distant rural school districts and smaller schools have been doing, um, that they, they're going to stop that as well. I mean, there's just, there is just, <laughs> there's been no, po- they, they have had no problem with the current policy. And there are no shortage of school districts and employees who are interested in volunteering for these security teams. This just isn't an attack on the right to keep and bear arms. This is a measure that makes students less safe, period. The Colorado Democrats have, they've gotten it wrong over and over. For the last 10 years, they have put in place all these different measures for gun control. They drove Magpul out of Colorado Colorado to Texas. They drove, I mean, they've driven just so much thing. And they did all this, and you know what? All ostensibly under the guise of making things better and preventing violent crime. But violent crime in the state has only gotten worse. And now those same anti-gunners are going to make it virtually impossible for law-abiding citizens to protect themselves in some of the most public settings out there. It's absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. In stay. Most of these public spaces, again, have already been struck down by the court. 
But it's it's just not going to stop him. Just not going to stop him from going forward on this. Uh, all right, I want to talk about this uh, new anti-militia bill, uh, and I want to talk about California a bit, but I do have a phone call, so let's go over there first and see what you have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Come on, Mike. It's Fred. How you been? Hello, Fred. I was wondering where you were today. How are things going over there in Rhode Island? Well, it's another, just another rainy day in New England. We're kind of making up for the last year's drought. <laughs> We're just going to have to build, build an ark here if it keeps raining over here. Right, right. The reason I'm calling, I'm going to take a little bit of you. I'm going to steal a little bit of your thunder ahead of time here. On First of all, Colorado has been taken over by the wokes. I mean, they really have. The progressive wokes have taken over Colorado, and they've turned the place into an open cesspool as far as, like, uh, you know, their policies. But if you notice, this isn't anything new. You know, what, what these people are proposing has already been proposed in New York. It's already been proposed in the West Coast. It's already been proposed in Washington State and Oregon. You know, it's expanding the no-gun zone, you know, the gun-free zone. And all it does, it just it, it deliberately leaves these places unchecked and un, un, unprotected, you know, because the police can't be everywhere, obviously. And, you know, not, that's not going to be the solution. But, you know, they'd be more than happy to disarm everybody and then let, let, let the carnage reign. This is what they want. They want to have carnage. They want to have chaos. They want to have total, a, total, a total breakdown, anarchy. This is what they're promoting. And if you haven't noticed, if those who haven't really looked at the situation, take, take a minute and look at it. Connect the dots. Connect all the dots as to where this is going. And you'll see for yourself. These people are anarchists. They want to tear this country down. Once again, I think the globalists are behind the buffoon in the White House, who has no idea, he has no idea what planet he's on at the time anyway. But he's just being manipulated into pushing on their policies that are going to ruin this country deliberately. It's not an accident, it's deliberate. Well, I mean, uh, I, I think uh, in some instances, I think that you might be right in that. I don't know if in the Colorado instance you are, but I think that there is definitely a push. Uh, it's what I've talked about in the past, that there's a narrative out there that many people believe that the only way we can move forward with society is with the direct benevolent intervention or control of government. And those of us who would resist that government control, we are part of the problem. Uh, and because we have the ability to defend ourselves, because we are supporters of the Second Amendment and have the ability to defend ourselves, that must be taken away so that the government hammer can come down on all of us to, to, to take care of us for our own good. Right, Fred? Well, they, you, know, you, you mentioned the thing about the prohibiting the militias from training and you know practicing and training. First of all, that's a direct violation of the of, you know, the, the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. That's the, the direct contradiction to that. And, that, that, you know, that is one of the reasons for that is they want to, they want to eliminate any opposition, any opposition at all. I mean, if, if they were to try to enforce martial law tomorrow for some nefarious reason, and it would be nefarious, I will do to believe, you know, they, this would be the only resistance they come up against. And they want to get rid of that as quickly as possible. Get rid of that, eliminate that immediately. There's no resistance to what they you know, what they may do, you know. Yeah. So I mean, that, that's obvious. If you can't see that, then you know the old saying: those who have eyes that cannot see are the truly blind. 
Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, Fred, I appreciate your thoughts on this. I mean, and like I said, I I mean, I'm not disagreeing uh, in part. I think that this, again, pushes right back against that whole idea of the narrative. And we need to, uh, you know, we need to be paying close attention to it. So thanks for calling in, my friend. It's always good to hear from you. Okay. You have a good, have a good week, Mike. Take you care. bet. You bet. Thanks for calling in. All right, folks, uh, we're coming up on the break, and I've got, uh, I'm have got. i going to extend the next segment a little bit because I really want to talk about this anti uh, – I really want to talk about this anti-militia bill. So we're going to uh, come back to that here in just a moment, and we will continue. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show slash live if you want to come join us out there this morning. We'll be back with more right after this. Your mental suppository. The Michael Duke Show. Okay. I do love Fred. I do love me some Fred. I do love me some Fred. In fact, Bill had said just a few minutes before Fred called in, where's Fred? Hashtag where's Fred? Um, oh, push back against the weirdness that has begun or, oh, in Oregon. Um... There's pushback against the weirdness that's begun in Oregon. I apparently am not paying attention to the weirdness that's begun in Oregon. So I, I I know that there was a pushback in both Washington and Oregon against all their new fancy spangled gun initiatives that they put out there. And then the, the courts basically said, you can't do that. I mean, that's been good. Uh Man, it got cold here in the studio. I had to turn the heater on. I don't know if you can hear it in the background, but <clears throat> I was like, it burr, burr. <clears throat> I feel like I need to take a nap after my. Oh. Okay. Um... We didn't get a chance to talk about the Lake City thing. There's a. That's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just scrolling through some of these uh, some some of the other stuff that I had laid out here this morning to discuss and go over. But we'll come back to it. We got time for one more. Uh, Oregon is probably lost, says Brian. Yeah, no, that you know, some of those states, and I. The worst part is, is that I love those areas. I mean, I, Terry and I spent our honeymoon. Excuse me, we spent our honeymoon in Seattle, and then we cruised the Pacific Coast Highway down into Oregon, through all the rainforests and the trees and everything else. I mean, it was just really a. And, and that's just kind of a special place for us. We love it there, but boy. And in fact, there was a short period of time there, uh, probably, 
oh, I don't know, 15, 18 years ago where we considered moving down into Astoria, Oregon, which is right there on the river, uh, you know, uh, in northern Oregon. But uh, we, you know, we decided not to. But, I mean, it was a close run thing. I'd considered it. I had considered it. We do. We did love that area. It was beautiful in there. Absolutely beautiful. Some East Oregonians want to be annexed into Idaho. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Oregon Democrats have introduced bills to recriminalize most drugs, not pot or shrooms. I, you know, nobody likes my take on this. My take is is that I just believe that people are going to do what they're going to do. All you're doing is creating more problems by criminalizing all that stuff. That's just my personal opinion. I mean, I, you know, I could take it or leave it. I mean, well, I could leave it because I haven't, but you know what I mean? It's just like getting government involved in those things just creates so many more problems that, but like I said, it's not a popular take. So it's not one that I necessarily blatantly share at every opportunity just because I just I've seen I've seen the disaster that the drug war has become um, that, uh, you know, the prosecution of this war over the course of the last 50 years, it has done more damage to American citizens than anything that it's helped, in my opinion. But there you go. Uh, we're 30 seconds out. Time to rejoin. Let's get to it. Uh, we got uh, anti-militia bill to talk about. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like, share, subscribe, ring the bell. Let's 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 do this thing. Here we here we go. Ready? Now, now, now. Okay, uh, welcome back. Uh, we are cruising through hour two here today on this beautiful Firearms Friday. The phone lines are open at uh, 907 if you want to sound off on anything this morning. Uh, but we got this uh, final segment before we hit up with Willie Waffle at the end of the show today to talk about this new bill. This new bill, the Preventing Private Paramilitary Activity Act of 2024. Um, and uh, it's a little of uh, it's a little disturbing. It's a little disturbing uh, about what's going on. The gun writer over at Substack has got a piece on it. Um, and his whole point about this, and I'm going to post this up in the chat room for those of you who want to uh, take a look at it and read it later. You can go over and, and take a look at the video and, and pull it, the link down. Um, the, uh, the whole idea 
uh, behind it, in his opinion, Lee Williams, is that the true intent of the Democrats' anti-militian bill is to infringe on the firearm training aspect of the uh, of the American gun culture. And that could be something that is uh, very spooky. Because as we know, if you've been following this uh, at all over the last uh, 10, 15 years, there's been a, a big straight-line growth on firearms training and the opportunities for people to train across the country. I mean, it's a it's it was a, a booming industry. It was a you know, it's been it's been uh, uh, enjoying some good success. More and more citizens wanting to get trained, wanting to figure out the basics of you know regular marksmanship or uh, practical you know practical gun use or even combat gun use. I mean, these are the things that. People have wanted to learn for years, and now they're able to do it. Uh, Lee uh, Williams goes on to talk about, we have the right to train with our firearms. We can draw from a holster, shoot while moving, practice CQB, and send as much lead downrange as our bank accounts will allow. It's all perfectly legal, at least for now. However, the new bill making its way through Congress, known as the Preventing Private Paramilitary Activity Act of 2024, would make all of this illegal or at least suspicious enough to draw scrutiny from the Fred, from the feds. More importantly, it would paint a target on the back of every single American gun owner, which is the actual intent of this ill-conceived and extremely unconstitutional legislation. To be clear, if the president ever signed this bill, the second he puts down his crayon, the feds will flock to local gun ranges in numbers that will make it nearly impossible for actual members to find a place to park. This bill will give them a license to investigate anyone who trains with a gun in order to determine whether they're a militia member and don't think for a second that they won't. The FBI recently investigated law-abiding Americans whose sole transgression was shopping at a Cabela's or a Dick's Sporting Goods. Evidently, the FBI, the country's so-called premier law enforcement agency, wasn't aware that Dick's Sporting Goods stopped selling guns and ammunition eons ago. Nowadays, the most dangerous thing on their shelves is a pickleball paddle. The story goes on, and it talks about, I mean, that they did that whole investigation of Cabela's and Dick's and all. They did that without this law being in place. They want to investigate people who are going to Sportsman's Warehouse or Cabela's or Bass Pro or to your local mom-and-pop gun store. They, I mean, that's, you had, remember, we were talking about this a few weeks ago, where California would literally have police officers stationed at uh, gun sta stores in Nevada and Arizona and other places snapping pictures of California license plates outside of gun stores outside of California. I mean, they the, you don't think that the bureaucracies are going to be diving into that, both feet and, and trying to do... They are already doing this without the law being in place. Now, some people will say that Lee Williams is just being an alarmist. I don't think, again, I will point you back to the California going to the other state and sitting there with a camera and snapping pictures. I mean, um, I, you know, I just, <laughs> and, and by the way, the term training isn't really distinctly defined in the bill. Let me give you the actual. Let me give you the actual rundown here. 
on uh, what the what the official um, where is it here? I've got the I've got the um, uh, here it is uh, the uh, I'm sorry I'm looking here it is right here the unauthorized private paramilitary activity. So what would the bill itself prevent you from being able to do? So, Section 2742, unauthorized private paramilitary activity. Offense. It shall be unlawful to knowingly, in any circumstance or any circumstance described in subsection B, while acting as part or on behalf of a private paramilitary organization and armed with a firearm, explosive, or incendiary device or other dangerous weapon to one, publicly patrol, drill, or engage in techniques capable of causing bodily injury or harm. To two, to interfere with, interrupt, or attempt to interfere with or interrupt government operations or government proceedings. Three, interfere with or intimidate another person in that person's exercise of any right under the Constitution of the United States. Four, assume the functions of a law enforcement officer, peace officer, or public official, whether or not acting under the color of law, and thereby assert authority or purport to assert authority over another person without consent of that person, or five, train to engage in any of the aforementioned described activities. So you can't publicly patrol or drill, which, I mean, I, what is the definition of patrol? What does that mean? You can't interfere with or interrupt government operations or government proceedings. What if you're protesting? And if you're protesting with a firearm, does that count? You can't interfere with or intimidate another person in that person's right to exercise their right under the Constitution. I mean, people feel intimidated all the time. I, if you watch those campus videos where two young kids are standing there with a camera and a microphone and other kids are screaming about their rights being interfered with and how they're 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 being intimidated by these people. I mean, would that count? You can't assume the functions of a law enforcement officer, peace officer, or public official. Okay, what about natural disasters? What if we're the only thing standing between anarchy and something else? It's happened before where citizens have had to stand up to, you know, looters and bad guys and and or provide services. I mean, it, it has happened where people have had to take care of themselves. And by the way, you can't train to engage in any of the activities described in paragraphs one through four. So what exactly does that mean? Does that mean that if you go to front site or gun site or, you know, D squared or any of these other shooting places or, you know, point blank here in Wasilla, does it mean if you go there that, you know, and do training for active shooter response or for, you know, combat uh, combat pistol or combat rifle. Does that mean that now you're going to be investigated for being part of a militia because you enjoy that? Maybe you want to do it with a few friends. Maybe you guys are a militia together. Ooh, you didn't even know. Let alone people who are actually in a militia. There is nothing wrong with militia. I mean, this country was founded on the idea that people could come together in the time of crisis and defend themselves. I'm not talking about the militia that wants to overthrow the government and do all that. That's what I'm, I'm talking about a truly, the definition of a, who is the militia, sir? It is every able-bodied man between the ages of 16 and 60. That is the militia. 
So, I mean, I just, I, I just don't know. This is, um, this is, it's a little troubling. The more you get into this, the more troubling it, it, uh, it becomes. But the fact that they may show up and be you know, watching over you, uh, you know, doing, you know, tracking your movements. The fact that they've done this to people again, just going who are just gone to a, a sportsman's warehouse or a Cabela's, and then track them down as well. This should be troubling to all of us, should it not? Shouldn't all of us be rightly disturbed about that kind of behavior? These are people who ostensibly work for us to protect, but they're out there actively pursuing it. There's another case that has absolutely nothing to do with guns that uh, just came out yesterday. The FBI has finally gotten their their fingers smacked over that seizure of that uh, bank deposit place in Beverly Hills where they went in and they took all the safety deposit boxes. They were only supposed to just secure them. But instead, they raided them, and they did civil asset forfeiture, and they started pers- – I mean, this is an organization that's supposed to be upheld as one of the preeminent, protective, protecting your rights organizations in the country, and they are running amok. And the courts have, again, smacked them down. This is the latest instance of the FBI being smacked down for overreaching and overextending. Folks, I mean, you know, you watch stuff like – you know, the blacklist or some of these other things. And you see how in the shows, oh, these or these agents go rogue, but it's for everybody's good. So it's okay that they go rogue. Look, they're going rogue all the time in real life. And nobody is, and, and the benefit is not for us. It's for them and their clearance rate and for everything else. This is a huge problem. And if we gave them the ability to do something like this, where they can, you know, that where we can't even train without falling under some kind of suspicion, that's a problem. That's a huge, huge problem. All right. Uh, I'm going to drop the link. Did I do it already? I did. I dropped the link to the opinion piece in the chat room. I'll drop this second piece. Uh, There's another piece out by uh, Bearing Arms uh, that has uh, some of the same information. It's what I was working from here this morning. Um, Anyway, we'll be back. I need to spin down a little bit here. We're going to take it to Willie Waffle here in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Um, making our Revolutionary War ancestors roll over in their grave. Yeah. Militias have been demonized to the extent that a lot of them have folded. I agree. Um, They're trying to scare us into not training or even having a gun, says Chris. I, yeah. Um, If those feds honored their oath to protect the constitutional rights, they wouldn't have to go after the citizens who are exercising them. 
But to many of these people, it's just a job. Their oath is really to the bureaucracy, not to the Constitution. They just want to make sure that they're, you know, it's CYA. Justifying their position, justifying what they do. I'm sure that there's some good people in there. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure that there's some good, honorable, patriotic people in there. But a lot of them, I mean, literally in this case, in this Beverly Hills case, which I've been following here for the last year or so, um, the FBI agent literally lied to the judge about the scope of the search warrant. They were explicitly warned not to to do anything with the individual boxes. They were just supposed to go in and seize the safety deposit boxes uh, because they suspected that the owner of the facility that had the boxes was a criminal. But they weren't to search. And what did they do? She told them, we're going to use civil seizure. We're going to go through here. And if you see anything that looks even potentially criminal, we're going to go after the box holders as well. They, they, this is... And this is an express disregard for what the judge said. Ambition, man. Ambition and bureaucracies. She doesn't care about the Constitution of the United States. She doesn't care about it makes their job hard and they don't like that. They want the job to be easy. That's part of the problem there. <sighs> okay. Okay. I'm getting ready for Willie or turning my phone. Okay. Excuse me. Okay. Okay. It's all good. All right, my friends. Um, tell me how you feel about that. Does that not scare you? The whole idea is that, you know, does, does that not just scare you that government may investigate your every move just because they've deemed that what you're doing they don't like? You know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm irritated, I'm hurting, and I'm tired. So I apologize, but I'm just, this whole thing just triggers me. Guilty until proven is innocence is the new jurisprudence. And you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I mean, look at how they will go after people hammer and tong on sometimes just simple, small, little, little things. And they'll turn it into a federal case, right? I mean, that's where that axiom comes from. You know, oh, what are you going to do, turn it into a federal case? Yes, they will. And we've seen it go on time and time and time again. Again, the FBI is supposed to be above reproach. And yet we find them hip deep in some of the craziest stuff you've ever seen. Oh, not to mention the CIA. Oh, man. I've been doing a lot of reading on the CIA lately, and it's, it's disturbing. As much as I enjoy things like Jack Ryan and some of these other shows, I'm starting to lose my taste for some of them because I know the truth. I mean, a lot of those things are propaganda. Propaganda showing how great the CIA is and how great these organizations and these agencies are when, in fact, they're not. They're not that great. They're not that constitutional. They don't really care about your freedom. 
they don't really care about those things in many instances, not everything, but it's, it's definitely, definitely frustrating. Okay. But again, Chris is right. They're trying to scare us into not training or even having a gun. So much corruption, so much corruption at, I mean, at so many levels, so much corruption. All right. Um, I'm going to try and lighten it up now. I want to talk about movies. I want to talk about, uh, and Rust. I wanted to talk about Rust. I didn't talk about that with Alec Baldwin. He's, uh, well, we'll talk about it with Willie here in the first thing. We'll get, we'll get right to it. We will, uh, we'll get down into it. So like, share, subscribe, ring the bell. Willie is now connected to the system and we are ready to get things going on. Here we go. The Michael Duke show, common sense, liberty-based, free thinking radio. (sighs) Just relax. Okay, it's the weekend. I'm ready. I mean, I already mashed a bunch of buttons wrong. What am I, you know, what am I going to do? All right. Uh, Willie Waffle, wafflemovies.com. It's um, it's my favorite way to end the week, quite honestly. I don't know how many people hang out with me and Willie, but uh, this is for me, not for you. So there you go. Willie, what's up, buddy? What's happening, my friend? Tell me uh, tell me some good news, bad news. Give me, give it all. Give me all the news. The biggest news, I think, this week is... Uh... Well, you know what I think it is, and you know what you think it is. <laughs> Mr. Alec Baldwin is back in the hot seat. Yeah, yeah, we covered a little bit of this earlier. I didn't want to get too deep into it, but, uh, you know, I think he thought that he dodged a no, – I don't mean to be punny, but he dodged <laughs> a bullet, you know? But it mm-hmm. uh, looks like that may not be the case. Give it all to me here. Yeah, so, you know, when, when, the, uh, when the charges were, were, were dropped uh, a while ago – uh, the prosecutor said, listen, we, we, we reserve the right to bring these charges if we have new evidence. Well, he got indicted. The charges that were dropped in April 2023 are back. He has been indicted again for involuntary manslaughter, uh, you know, in the in the case of the, the fatal shooting that took place, uh, you know, on the set of his film Rust. And uh, the new evidence is an analysis of the gun that was used on the on the set and during that scene. And they are making an argument, they being the prosecutors, are making an argument that analysis shows that he had to have somehow pulled or depressed the trigger in order for that gun to go off. That, it, that, that he took a, an action to shoot the gun. Right. Now, th- this is going to be a really complicated argument. And I, and, and I think as you get deeper into the argument, I think it, it becomes more and more difficult to convict Alec Baldwin, in, in my opinion. So what they're trying to argue is that he was a producer on the set, that he knew there were all sorts of problems and misbehavior, right. and he should have been more careful, and he should have been more in charge of this. Right. Now, he 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 has stated, his lawyer has stated, even the, the union now, the SAG union, has joined forces with Alec Baldwin saying, listen, that's not his job. He's an actor. And, and he was told that this was safe. 
And and he Alec Baldwin is still arguing he never pulled that trigger. Yeah. Now he says he did pull back the hammer, but he never pulled the trigger. And I think that you're going to get into a very very interesting argument. And I think you're going to find that that uh, this analysis is going to come under heavy 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 attack from his lawyers. Right. Uh, because you know the, the the this this analysis done of this gun was done on a compromised. Uh, compromised yeah. evidence. I mean, yeah, I read about yeah, this. I mean, this is you, crazy. Yeah, yeah. So the FBI actually, ahead, when they this were analyzing it yeah. and taking the gun apart, they actually broke parts of the gun as they were disassembling it, and it apparently had to be yeah. reassembled with spare parts. Now that means that it's not exactly the same gun. Exactly. So that, that's going to throw some real things in here. But I mean, again, I still have to take some issue with what Baldwin's saying. Oh, I pulled back the hammer, but I did not pull the trigger. Now. There are some guns, speed guns, speed shooters, they basically shave, I mean, they basically, it's a hot gun, you know, you pull it back and drop the hammer without even, you know, because they're they're fanning the hammer, you know, that's what they do. But this uh-huh. is not, this is not a trick gun. This is just a, this is just a, um, a, a production gun, right? Uh, so I, I don't mm-hmm. know if I buy his argument, but I think you're right. I think they're going to have a very heavy lift because the uh, defense is going to be able to say, look, your honor. The FBI apparently didn't even use experts when they disassembled this gun because they broke parts of it trying to take it apart and then reassembled it with spare parts. It is not the same gun. They can't prove because basically what is it like the analysts are saying that marks on the gun show the trigger was pulled or depressed. What marks? Right. right. I mean, if 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 a gun has been working, if a gun has been fired, then those marks are going to be there. I mean, how do you tell if it was the first time it was shot or the hundredth time it was shot? You have no. Yeah. Uh, this is a very. This is a. Uh, t- this is a big stretch, in my opinion. And, and as much as I dislike Alec Baldwin, this kind of stuff, which looks like it kind of might be just to go after him, to go after him, uh, especially with this yeah. argument, seems a little weak sauce to me. No, I'm. I'm with you. I think it's very difficult to prove it, and you know, I. You know, I don't understand. I mean. I understand the the prosecutors want to see justice prevail. Um, I, I I question. I'm like you. I'm not a big Alec Baldwin fan, but I question it, what justice is being served here by going after him given these these facts and and this evidence and and what's been going on. Uh, you know, it, it's obvious that set was just a, the wild wild west. Right. You know, pardon my pun. You know, but you know, it, it wasn't under control. They, they were, they were idiots uh, running the asylum here. You know, and uh, and I think that 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 is really the big problem. I, I don't know if it was necessarily negligence on his part. Yeah, and I think that's so. the problem. They're going to have a really hard time proving negligence on his part. I mean, Gutierrez, the armorer, is already uh, in. She's being prosecuted, or is cop to plea, or something. I mean, it's. I just think this is this is going to be a heavy lift for them, and I don't see I don't see them. And then it also gives Alec Baldwin the opportunity to say, "Oh, woe was me, I'm a victim," which I think is the wrong message in this instance right here to begin with. So, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. But uh, you know, pro tip for the FBI: maybe have a firearms expert take the gun apart instead of somebody else. I mean, how do you break parts of a gun as you disassemble it? I mean, (laughs) the FBI. FBI, Well. Yeah, I guess if it was the ATF, I wouldn't have been surprised, but it was the FBI. So, but the, yeah, the FBI should know how to do these things. Yeah. They're bringing the experts to do them. I mean, I just, you know, I'm sorry. I, I'm one of those people. I question what's going on with the FBI these days. Okay, I'm just gonna throw it out oh, yeah. there. No, all right, definitely, definitely. I think a lot of people are going, "What is going on with the boys in blue?" Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, all right, let's uh, move over to uh, something else. What do we got? Uh, Netflix. Uh, with now, I'm not a w, yes. I'm not a WWE fan, and I don't know how many listeners mm-hmm. are, but I remember Brendan, my former producer, one of my best friends. He is just a nerd when it comes to this stuff, and I'm sure as soon as he heard the news about Netflix and WWE joining forces, he probably flipped right out of his easy chair. So tell me about it. Well, and I think that, you know, the, the headline is that they're getting involved with the WWE. But I think it, it, the bigger the bigger uh, picture here, Netflix is getting into live programming and live sports in a big way. And this is just step number two towards their goal, whatever that goal may be. So earlier this week, they, they announced that they have a new deal. They're going to broadcast the WWE's premier program, Monday Night Raw, live every Monday night starting in January of 2025, it's a five billion dollar deal. Uh, they they will air Monday Night Raw. They'll also be the international home for a lot of the other WWE programming, including their pay per views, like you know WrestleMania, that stuff for the next ten years. Uh, now Peacock is still going to hold like the U.S. rights to the pay per views, but this is Netflix basically coming in and taking over. Yeah. I you know and and. And we have already seen that they have a very big interest in getting into live programming, especially right. live sports, just like all the other streamers are, right. because this is where the money is. Right. And so, you know, here they are taking this step. You know, they have the the, the live golf tournament or not. It wasn't the live golf tournament. They did like their own golf tournament um, last fall. Uh, you know, they've done live programming with Chris Rock doing his first special after the whole thing that happened with Will Smith. I mean, they are starting to realize that, you know, the model is changing right. and, and live is going to help make them some money. Right. And so that to me is the big story. You know, now they're going to prove, hey, we can do a program live every single week. Well, we could probably do a football game live. Right. Every no, week, this is the next maybe phase. Maybe we of... can do baseball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the next phase of their uh, of their evolution. I think that's where they're going, and they're going to try and continue to dominate the space. Yeah, and and the stock market actually uh, uh, reacted very very well to this. Also, they I think they made the announcement this week. They their subscribers were up by thirteen percent. Mm. They yeah. had a, they had a good quarter. They had a really good quarter. So you put those two things together, Netflix is bouncing back. Yeah, right. they never really were down and out, but you know th- there was a feeling that maybe the behemoth was uh, being taken apart piece by piece, and right. uh, now they're they're uh, they're rising up again. And well, you know they are they are a force to be contended with. Since the obviously. other streaming services are kind of a hot mess, and and you know they're trying to transition, but everything is. I mean, Disney trying to merge with Hulu, and then Disney is popping mm-hmm. stuff up, and you know the HBO and the, the and it's just it's such a mess. That I think, you know, Netflix having kind of that clarity of vision is probably definitely helping them on that regard. So, I mean, yeah, good for and them. And they've got the money to do the big stuff. Yeah. You know, like really, I you know, they have the money that, that you know, it's between them and I think Amazon when it comes to really having the money. Because, so, you know, the other streamers are just, you know, smaller subsidiaries of bigger companies that don't want to spend that money. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Like I said, I'm not a WWE fan, but I know that uh, those people are rabid, man. They are freaking rabid about that. I watch Monday Night Raw every week, baby. Do you really? Do you really? Yeah, I I do. I I think this is great. I I think it was great. I've just lost my respect for you, but okay, it's fine. Uh, (laughs) It's fine. 
Uh, all right, we got time for one more quick one. How about uh, uh, Valerie Bertinelli? I love her. Uh, she's been on the uh, Kids Baking Championships, which during every Christmas season, we always end up watching those because my daughter is a huge fan. And and it's always a fun thing. And she, uh, I, I think she's sweet. I really like her. Uh, but uh, apparently she she ain't coming back to the Food Network. No, you know, and, and I, you know, I'm kind of surprised that fans thought that this was going to go some other way. So, you know, uh, you know, just this week, you know, Valerie Bertinelli confirmed she's not coming back to the to the Food Network uh, for the Kids Baking Championship. They're going into their 13th season. She had her deal with the Food Network and in 2022 they were they had a lot of budget cuts you know warner brothers discovery was trying to save money as they're going into this big merger and she was one of the casualties well people didn't realize that you know she still appeared in the kids baking championship last year because they filmed it in 2022 when she was still employed there right so it was like this big shock and this big mystery when they did the the holiday version this year and she wasn't on it right and and people were kind of wondering well what happened well what happened was, you know, she got fired in 2022, and why would you expect her to come back? And and she made this whole announcement that, yeah, I wasn't asked to come back for the new tapings. Uh, no one at the Food Network really told me. I just kind of got ghosted. I'm thinking, no, you didn't get ghosted. You got your pink slip in 2022, Valerie. Right, right. You knew this. Well, and just to be clear, <laughs> <You know? laughs> she wasn't fired. Her contract was just not renewed, which in Hollywood yeah, is essentially the same thing. Yeah. Right, exactly. All right, yeah. well. But, I mean, come on. I, you, you and I have both been fired for places we didn't think that like oh maybe down the road they'll call me back no no, no they won't maybe they if i just they don't want you anymore <laughs> maybe if i just keep showing up they'll just keep paying me maybe that's what it is right there. Right. <laughs> all right uh we're down to the last three and a half minutes here we got three things um uh i know i want to talk a bit about expats you choose where do we go you know let, let me get griselda out of the way now i know this is like there's a lot of buzz about this. It's the new big Netflix series. Uh, it's like six-part series. It's based on the true story of Griselda Blanco, who was basically the Colombian godmother of the cocaine cartel down in Florida, down in the 80s. And and this is Sofia Vergara putting on a big, ugly nose to play Griselda. And and we're watching her rise through the, the ranks and and uh, how she did all this and, and, you know, the powerful woman that she became and, of course, the ending. And, you know, listen, I, I it, it, it's just okay. It's just kind of blah. You know, I feel like I could predict every twist and turn in this story right now because I've seen it done in every series and every movie before. Right, okay. Right. And, 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 and anybody who says Sofia Vergara is completely unrecognizable has never seen Sofia Vergara because she looks like Sofia Vergara with a bad nose job. Okay. So don't <laughs> tell me she disappears into the character, but yeah. You know, it's okay. I'm yeah. at like one and a half waffles. I'm probably maybe two, but I go in one and a half because I just I'm waiting for some more excitement. I'm waiting for something more shocking. I'm waiting for some twist that I don't see coming, and I'm still waiting for it a right. couple episodes in. Although she wasn't so, really there, we go. Griselda was a really scary. She, Pablo Escobar was asked, "Is there?" He said, "The only man I was ever afraid of was Griselda Blanco." Uh, is what Pablo oh, es- yeah. Pablo Escobar is quoted as saying. She was a freak. I mean, she was scary. All right, um, American fiction in theaters. Yeah. Yeah, and, and this is one of those movies you're starting to hear about. You're like, gee, it got all those Oscar nominations. I haven't even seen it because they're starting to kind of bring it out nationwide right now. Uh, th- this, to me, I actually really love this movie. It's Jeffrey Wright. He stars as this very frustrated writer uh, who decides 
that he's just going to write the type of book he hates, okay? You know, he's going to write kind of the stereotypical African-American book with all the tropes that he hates uh, because, you know, he, he's a successful, very intelligent African-American man who just resents that these are the portrayals of him and his people right. in fiction. And, and, of course, as soon as he writes it, it starts to become super successful. And now he's <laughs> got to deal with that. Yeah. Now, and that's part of the story. I think that the movie really is very, very special because it gets more into a character study of him. Who is he? Why is he so crabby? You know, dealing with his family, we, we see a lot of the issues that are that are going on between him and his brother and his sister and trying to take care of his mother. We see him kind of, you know, start maybe a new relationship with this, this, this new lady and, and how just his attitude about life and how his, his anger in life is in his way in so many in so many ways. I think that's what made it so interesting. And I just love Sterling K. Brown, who plays his brother, is just one of the great characters in movies right now because he's so crazy and over the top. Right. And yet they they right. find these moments where he's the solid guy. Four Nick, waffles for four, four waffles. Okay. Wow. Well yep. that actually bumps us out of time. We'll have to cover the rest in the after show. Willie Waffle, thanks so much. Folks, we're out of time. We'll see you on Monday. Craig Compo and more. I mean, first and foremost, I really like Jeffrey Wright as an actor. I think he's a great actor, yeah. um, and I think he does a good job. And I saw some of the some of the trailers for this, and I was like, "Well, this looks interesting." Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I'm hearing a ton of buzz on it. I mean, just a ton of like people are like, "This is genius. This is great. This is so good." Maybe we got a new story that uh, we didn't have to rehash something old, and I like that. That's great. Isn't that nice for a change? I huh? know, I know. All right, well, let's quickly let's cover expats okay. because I'm interested. Uh, Nicole Kidman, we talked about that ad nauseum a couple weeks ago. So tell me about Expats real quick, and we'll let you go. Yes, a new Amazon Prime video series, uh, you know, where Nicole Kidman uh, stars as one of three women. They're living in Hong Kong. And and this is back in, like, 2014. The the Umbrella Revolution is, is taking place. And, and we're seeing kind of their lives as these expats living in Hong Kong, you know, part of this world, but not really part of this world, and the complications that they have. And 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 it's really Nicole Kidman's series in so many ways because in 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 her story, her son has disappeared, like just disappeared, and and she's trying to deal with this and she's trying to deal with her family and she's trying to deal with differing views that her her husband has and that her family has and and it really is a great performance from her and I think that's what really reels you in. Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff in here about. You know, some of the other women, their 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 relationship with the like the people who work in their houses and this strange relationship that the live-in help has as part of the family, but not really. And you know, a lot of that plays out. I, I'm at like three waffles. I thought it was a, it was a pretty solid series. Okay, well, good. Well, we'll have to see uh, see how it is. I don't know. I, I I find myself steering more and more away from kind of the dramas like that i don't know why maybe it's just the adrenaline junkie in me i just want to watch science fiction and action movies these days but uh i might have to spin off for that because uh, i do enjoy her acting as long as i can get past the whole thing the cosmetic thing i'm uh, i do enjoy her acting so we'll have to look into that all right my friend next week what are you bringing next week what are we bringing? oh argyle the the yeah. most talked about buzzed movie of the winter i can't wait henry henry cavill 
uh, who's now doing Highlander. Did you see he's doing? He's been signed for a Highlander. I saw that. Yeah. I, can't, I can't believe it. I can't wait. Um, Good for him. There's a guy who really inhabits, and he knows what he, where his strengths are, and he is playing it to the maximum. So I can't wait to see more about that. All right, my friend. I will see you next week then. All right. See you next week. Folks, uh, Monday we'll have Craig Campo on and somebody else. Can't remember who. It's old age. That's what it is. We'll see you guys on Monday. Have a great weekend. terrestrial radio skin and now we are slimy lizard internet people it's the michael duke show